0: welcome to the Echo Church podcast we hope you enjoy this message
1: so good you can have a seat you can have this one Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a chasm isn't there yeah this is great so for those that don't didn't hear all that Hill and Al are on our core team um, have been for the last 24 months and it's been an amazing journey so far um, with them on the team and, and really launching into Lee and I taking over. They've been such a pillar of strength for Lee and I personally, great friends and been incredibly um, important with the whole building of the culture and, um, and the, the booklet that we spent 10 months on and all that whole deal and Echo Church and so this is just really special and for those that didn't know, last time um, they came, they had to pull out because Hill um, had an appendix, what's it called? Appendicitis? Yeah. Yeah, and had her an appendix out on the Saturday before so, full on. She's going to share a full on story and then gets a panic stake taken out. So, that's uh, no good. But um, yeah, we're going to just take yeah, 40 or so minutes and we're just going to share and Holy Spirit's going to be just aisle to aisle, seat to seat, um, encouraging us all as we, uh, as we lean in and do this together. Is that cool? Sweet. Um, thanks for doing it. Love you so much. Um, so, April 2017, April 2017. That's a um, few years ago. Coming up, yeah. you guys find out you're pregnant, yeah. yeah, and then went for the checkup. Can you share what you go. what happened at the checkup?
2: Yeah, we'll try not to um, cry too much through this, but it's all it's all good now. So yeah, um, we went for our 12-week scan, and as it happens, uh, it was there was no heartbeat, so we knew that. <clears throat> Hill had miscarried, and um, you know they, they tell you how common it is, and—and and it is. And there are people in this room who are in the industry, so they understand that these things happen. But what happened at that point for Hill and I was something we weren't really prepared for, and it took us into a—a a grief. It's not—it's not just sadness. It, it was a grief that we weren't—we weren't prepared for. Um, you know, I think you can hide sadness in life. And you can kind of push through and just, you know, wake up and day to day. But the grief was something we found. Like, you can't hide it. it, it took, and it just took us somewhere and it triggered a whole chain of events. In our lives, personally, we, we went through it together, obviously, and felt similar things. But individually had a, a hell of a lot of questions, mainly for God. Because um, I know him as someone who doesn't let me down. And I felt let down.
0: So really for us it was oh, <laughs> <trying. yeah. laughs> for us it was tough because um I mean and for everyone who goes through this it's tough, but we had what's called a miss miscarriage, which means there's no natural sign that you're miscarrying before you go, sorry. I knew I'd do this. Not a big crier, so it's okay. Anyway. You So we were so excited, kind of going to the scan, thinking this is the 12-week, you know, um, and so being told it had died at 10 weeks and, you know, you're just not prepped for it because you think we've gotten this far, it's actually not that, I mean, it's it does happen, it's not that, you know, if you miscarry you think you're going to know before you go to the scan. Um, so straight away it was off back to the GP to confirm um, and then we kind of wandered around the streets for a while, didn't we? <laughs> and then we had to go straight to emergency at Sandy to have the baby removed because the body, my body wasn't passing it naturally so I needed to get what's called a DNC, which is surgery and they take the baby out. Um, so, I mean, that just started a full um, journey of, grief and real anger at the Lord, really angry at him, because we were saying, you know, you're our heavenly father and you're meant to be better than my earthly father, but my earthly father would have done anything He possibly could to Mm. stop that from happening. And you didn't. And you're omnipotent. Mm. And I don't understand, you know, the real question is, you are so powerful that you either chose not to protect the baby or you couldn't. And that's a real dilemma that kind of plagued us. And I think the reason we wanted to tell our story is because Christians go through grief and often we ask that question. And I've seen so many Christians fall away from the Lord because they deal with grief and then they can't marry it up with who he is. Um, So we really did want to share this because it was such a huge journey for us. Um, Do you want to take it? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember one, I think we'll, it was one of the conferences we had, and uh, you know when like, kind of like this morning a little bit, when worship is just, you're just there, and you know, the presence of God is really pumping, and it was, we are singing, um, um, yeah, what is, what's the song called again? King of My Heart. King of My Heart, thanks. We are singing King of My Heart, so you know, the chorus is, you are good, you are good, um, and the um, bridge is, you're never going to let me down, and I'm playing bass, and I'm fucking feel the Lord, I can see what He's doing. Everyone's like at the top of their lungs, going for it. And I'm standing there playing, going, "You let me down." Yeah. Like this is something like we we come to we come to a church that's so positive and full of hope, um, and it should be, and that's what church should be. That we need to talk about the goodness of God. It should be a number one thing because that's that's who He is. But when you're in that despair and you hear about the goodness of God, it makes you it. It feels, like, it feels hopeless. Yeah. It, it feels like a kick in the face because you're like, you're telling me he's this good, but I'm not experiencing anything like that. And meanwhile, you know, and life goes on around you, you know. Like I'm up there serving in the worship team and these are my current thoughts while mm. God is moving mm. amazingly within the room. And I think that's a good point right there. He's not afraid yeah. of your process, your thoughts, your questions, uh, he, like there's so much grace. He covers all of that. He he wants that because he wants the realness of you. He'd prefer you to ask those questions than you fake it and just keep saying that he's yeah. good. Because I know, like, I physically couldn't say in that time, you are good, God. Yeah,
0: well. yeah. And I think, um, you know, that part of our lives was so messy, was we so messy. You guys know, we were so messy. And, um, you know, just really angry at the Lord, um, and he, he's big enough, like he can take all that, he can take all those big questions, and the accusations, and he's a really big, powerful God, and he, he shoulders all of that, and I remember at one point, I was like, I, I remember being in hospital, and I couldn't even, for two months, I couldn't even listen to any music, not just worship music, just music because it was emotional and um I said to Al, like I can't even look at him right now I cannot even look at the Lord right now and the very minimum we could do the very minimum we had in us was to come to church that's the very least like that's that's the most we could do yeah. isn't it we couldn't worship we couldn't listen to teaching we could literally show up but what that did for us was position us to hear from the Lord yeah. and position us to receive
2: And just quickly, we never, like, didn't, we didn't question God's, who God, sorry, we didn't question if it was real, and we never questioned whether he did it or not. We knew he didn't.
0: He didn't cause
2: it. Yeah, he didn't cause it, but we just had a lot of big questions about who he was.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, in the meantime, we're at work. I was going to work with this massive smile plastered on my face, (laughs) Um, you know, doing the same thing. No one knew, because we're pretty private, we don't like to talk about that stuff, but like no one knew and it's just so, I I remember thinking it's such, it's so funny how we can go through so much turmoil and still go to work and church with this massive smile on my face, though I know (laughs) people probably would have guessed something was going on because I was weeping on the front row and over the coffee and Ainsley was like, I know something's wrong, obviously, but I don't want to ask, so yeah. Um, it was pretty obvious, yeah. yeah. full on. So
1: you, you mentioned about not being able to look at him. The very most you could do was come to church. Yeah. Is there, in, that, in the months after, or it might have been longer, was there a time where you, had, you felt him, you could look at him? Was there a moment? Um, ha, how long was this period for? Obviously, it's continual, but that first initial intense yeah. time was there a moment after that where you could look
2: um it was a a long process mm. i think it's um as we'll we'll talk about in a moment um it was probably a couple of years before it really um came out of it mm. fully um but yeah i don't know i, I th- yeah mind, you know. i think maybe we'll go to the next point yeah. um before we get to that
0: Oh, okay. So, in December 2017, we found out we were pregnant again. <laughs> I don't have a baby that old, so you know where this is going. <laughs> so, we went again for the scan. Um, Miss miscarriage again, so, in the scan. Ugh, it's so awful. No, it's fine. So, um, but I was so ill... At the time, I was so sick, so before the scan I thought, God, this is a good sign. Like, this must be a healthy pregnancy. This must be what it feels like. So I went along, the baby died at 10 weeks again, and we... But because my... The reason I was so sick is my HCG levels, which is my pregnancy hormone, was incredibly, incredibly high. So, they realised and confirmed it after that I had what's called a partial molar pregnancy, which is where the cells come together and form a baby, but it's not going to survive. Um, What that means though is that the molar cells can spread throughout the body and tumours can develop, which need chemo um, and all of that. So, we went in to get surgery. Unfortunately, because it was a partial molar, we had to wait a couple of days. So, we had to kind of carry it around for a couple of days before we could get it removed get the baby removed. Um, But what that meant was I needed um, blood tests every two weeks. They said for 12 months I could not get pregnant. That was an absolute no-no because it can cover the formation of other stuff going on. Um, And they said 12 months. Miraculously, though, it was four months. Four months my HCG level came down to zero, Um, which is yay. It didn't feel super miraculous then, but it was. Um, But it was, I'm none of the risk factors for that. You're either, the risk factors are under 18, over 40, Asian or Mexican descent, or you have a massive severe vitamin deficiency. So it just came out of nowhere. They were surprised. I was surprised. I didn't know what it was. Um, And so that was, it felt so specific, It's felt like a specific attack Mm. because I was none of the risk factors. And again, I'm like, Lord, you can't even protect us from something that I'm not even meant to get. Mm. And in the meantime, you know, we're coming here talking about the goodness of God, talking about healing. And we're like, but our victory is already lost. Mm. This is already done. It's done and dusted. So somehow we've got to marry up the goodness of God with what is going on in our lives at that point.
2: Yeah, so I think this is where things, after that one, is where things sort of started to turn for me personally. Peter, Peter Mattis, you got, most of you know him. Um, he's from, if you don't, he's from Bethel um, in Redding, California. He's been to our church like seven times. He's a great friend. Um, he really helped me personally through this time because he was just, and so were you, Justin, um, but he was, just was just an ear and he, he never really had advice and he just wanted to, just wanted to hear what was happening. And I think at that point that's um, all I needed. But what, when we had the conference here with Justin Stockman and Peter Mattis, um, Justin led the church through a—I can't remember—it was like a healing moment. And once again, I was playing bass, and I remember um, after the second miscarriage, Hill and I went to went out to our car, and it was like it was a pouring rain, and we were just sitting sitting in the car crying, just thinking, just you know, heavy with. Uh, Grief, and I remember, as Justin was praying, um, God took me into a vision, and you got to. uh, The vision was I was watching Hill and myself in that in the car crying because I can remember it clearly, but I was watching it like a third person, and I could see Jesus uh, sitting in the back seat, and he was weeping. And what that did for me was. It started like it wasn't, it was the turning point, but it wasn't like everything was just healed and forgotten. It was the turning point because, in I think it's John 11, um, Lazarus dies. And uh, Jesus, the disciples let him know, and Jesus is like, he's, I think he says something like he's just sleeping at this point. And, and anyway, so take, Jesus takes his time and he finally gets there, and Mary and Martha are there, and they're weeping, and everyone's mourning. And Jesus is taken. His spirit is moved, and he and like whoever put all the verses in the Bible is a genius because it's the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept, and we know it. We've probably heard it, but I love reading the gospel stories because they are like you, you get to see Jesus operating in the world, and they reveal his character. And you could read them over and over again, and time after time, you just get pick up little bits of who he was as a person on the earth. And you, were, it's in that moment where I saw that. He knew what he was about to do. He'd already told his disciples that it was going to be okay. But he saw the, the despair of the people that he loved and he had compassion wow, yeah. and he wept. And it was, it, it was that side of God. You know, you could, be, you could have lost someone and you're in despair because you've lost them. He feels that same despair that you feel. He's sitting right next to you experiencing the same thing. You might have a kid who's getting bullied or something at school and you just, your heart is like wrenched because, you know, you just want to protect them, help them. He feels that same passion that you feel in that moment. It was like my world was opened to not a God sitting up there who I knew well pushing buttons to make things happen, but a God who was more, almost more concerned about living life with us and experiencing life with us and the compassion of Jesus in all the things that happen. So it kind of backflipped the way I saw who he was.
0: And for me, um, around that time, it was after the second miscarriage, and around that time, um, we were both changing a lot um, and, you know, going through this journey with the Lord. Um, and, you know, starting to really... Because we're both really passionate people, passionate about the Lord. And, um, you know, really opening up our hearts to worship and and hearing the word and things like that. And Elle actually gave me this book called A Thousand Gifts. Which is in it, this lady tries to... Um, it's pretty fluffy for my taste. But in it, the lady is trying... She challenges herself to write down a thousand things to the Lord that she's thankful for. And I read this and I was like eye rolling the whole way through you know and then I thought you know he'll come on you've got to start dealing with this you've got to start dealing with this so I thought all right well we're going to do and we've experienced stuff in the past and we had a thankful jar out of all of that and so you know I started to I could not thank God for the big stuff in my life couldn't it was like sucking lemons I couldn't even it was just out of a cold heart I just couldn't So I started thanking him for all the tiny little things, like, thanks for this burger, it's great, Lord. And (laughs) thanks for the green light. And, like, it was like pulling teeth. I just could not soften my heart enough to do it but I knew I had to and that just snowballed so you know if anyone is at an impasse with the Lord I tell you what just making yourself be thankful for the things that you've got in your life is so massive and that's why I harp on about thankfulness every time I'm up here. Because it's gotten through, us through a lot. Um, and that just snowballed into us absolutely thanking God for everything. You know, we need new tyres. Thank you, Lord, that we have the finances for new tyres. There's many people out there that don't have the money to buy new tyres. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that really snowballed and really started opening us up. Yeah. Didn't it? opening us yeah. both up um, to what was going to come next? Wow. Yeah,
1: cool. And w- w- was there any... So that was... Uh... October, that was December 17. Yeah. So then after that, this is all happening and this process is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then we lead into...
0: Well, we actually... Yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead.
1: no. Then we lead into December. Yes. Um, is it October 2018?
0: So, um, yeah, we that was followed up by another miscarriage. So we had a third miscarriage um, nat- I had naturally, so we didn't have to have surgery. It wasn't a miscarriage, which is yay. (laughs) I mean, that's a small win, but um, uh, so we started to, I mean, it was completely different that time, though, because we weren't kind of in the depths of grief. Like, the first one was just, we were just full of grief. We just could not get around it. I remember thinking, I'm going to have to get over this, and I actually don't know how. Mm. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. Mm. And it's the same with anyone in this church that's, I don't know, you can have grief about anything, losing a job, a marriage, breaking up, um, you know, a child estranged from you, all of this. We were starting to find the peace in it. Um, that peace, supernatural peace in our lives isn't the absence of chaos. It's not the absence of trial. It's despite the trial. Um, And our our peace didn't come at the end of our trial. It actually came in the middle. Mm. You know, we still experienced trial after that. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we had this miscarriage and we were sad, absolutely sad and, and, you know, not sure if we were ever naturally going to be parents, to be really honest. We started to... Can I finish my
2: yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. yeah no and, and that's that 's right. I remember the night the day that the third one happened, yeah. and that night oh, I woke up to hill she was crying during the night, and I remember thinking when I woke up it, it was probably it. like one of the saddest experiences of my life, but it didn 't have the sorrow that the other ones had, and I can look back at it now and i 'm like it was just it was it was it was, it was fresh it was, it was fresh air, it was like something had changed, and it was obviously yeah, right. that... God had started to, yeah, do things within, our, within us and in our personal lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and then we actually were here in November 18 and we got a word from a Bethel student and we've actually cut it down and edited it just a bit.
2: Can I just say as well, she goes into, she gives us a word and she's talking and then she goes, I can't stop pushing this out of my head. Um, children just keep coming up. I say that. Because when you give someone a prophetic word about kids, man, you it—you want to be right. Uh, it's such a big deal. Just, yeah, don't do it. If you've got a word for someone about children, go to Lee or Justin or someone that knows that person and maybe tell them first and you get it checked. Because And this girl was nervous asking us, but she just felt it. This is, it, in so. March.
3: This is March.
2: November.
1: Yeah, this was in November. So, so this is so. a month after. Yeah.
3: Uh, the children that are coming and we just say that uh, We just brush off any fear of more miscarriages and we just speak healing and life Over your body and right right now. I just speak to your heart and say you've done nothing wrong There's no fault in either of you you guys were made to be parents and I just bless 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 you to be the mother that you were created to be and the father that you were created to be and God I thank you for the miracle child that's on it's way and I thank you God that her womb carries such powerful destiny Mm. and that the enemy no longer can steal from her yeah Yeah. Jesus I just thank you that you uh, cover her and you protect her And I thank you, God, for all the children, not only that they will um, conceive, but all the children that you're going to send their way, God, that actually need parents. Um, That may not be their own blood, but you're just going to give them to them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: So So we talk about the prophetic, and we talk about we can give words that are encouraging, and that could be for anyone on the planet, which is great. But then we talk about specific words that the Lord's all over and the grace is on. <laughs> uh, how, did, how did that feel in the moment? Because you would have got encouragement from here and there. But how did that one feel? I
0: think, I think the biggest thing was like that we'd done nothing wrong. Um, that was such a massive thing that we kind of carried through that. You know, maybe we've done something wrong. Or, um, and, you know, like searching through the Bible, I was like, you know, does he promise everyone children? You know, that that's a legitimate question. And so hearing that, I was like, okay, well, um, the Lord is saying yes to our child, which is great. Um, but, you know, we were still pretty not sure about whether or not we would naturally be parents, whether we would conceive naturally. So after that, we went off and they sent us to a specialist just because we'd miscarried in three completely different ways. They were like, "Okay, well, there's... Mm. We've just got to figure out, you know, what's going on. Mm. Um, And in January, we fell pregnant with Eve. Mm. Um, Eve means life, by the way. It's also super short and goes to Monopolis. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So, um, you can imagine that with that pregnancy, especially going to the scans and not hearing a heartbeat, we were so incredibly fearful, so scared. But I remember during that time, Kylie and Ross separately kept coming up to me and saying, "Um, yes and amen, the Lord's promise is yes and amen to me, like constantly, every week. And I was like, right, okay, okay, got it. But every week they would come up, they'd message it to me, like they would come up and say, the Lord's just saying yes and amen to the promise. So, uh, still though, you're like, I'm so, I remember in the waiting room for the first scan, we, were, we didn't even go back to the same place that we'd gotten all the other scans from because we were like, no, maybe it's bad luck. <laughs> so, um, and we didn't, funnily enough, the subsequent pregnancies, we didn't declare over our baby because we'd done that the first time and we were so worried to do anything that we had the first time we just couldn't trust, you know, in those second, third pregnancy, we just couldn't trust that the Lord would honour it. I don't, mm. it sounds stupid, but anyone who's been through grief does understand yeah. that.
2: They're the stupid things that go through your head. Um, but that's like, that's normal when you're faced with situations like this. You want to, um, yeah. I remember um, we were, so that 12 week scan obviously was great. And then we had sub- subsequent yeah, scans. Like,
0: oh yeah, there's a the heartbeat. And we're like, what? Yeah, wait, there's a
2: heartbeat. <laughs>
1: just just that matter that of fact. Yeah, matter yeah, of yeah.
2: fact, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they let us, they,
0: they didn't really know the history and so she let it run for like two minutes, the heartbeat, we were like, oh. Wow.
2: <laughs> so, so then we got to the 20-week scan and that was also great but it, it's, every test was nerve-wracking. Every test we had like we were faced with a new uh, a new challenge and I remember you're just over 20 weeks, I can't remember what it was, I was sitting in that front row on a Sunday morning and Another amazing worship morning. Just one of those moments you can feel God, everyone's going for it. I'm sitting there and I was just talking to God and I I was um I said to him, Well, this seems to be happening at this point. You know, what shall we call her? Because
0: we're too afraid to come up with names anytime before that during the
2: process. We don't want to name her or it at this stage. And and we didn't want to name it because Mm. um, you know, that's it's almost like taking it's taking a big step like we're believing this is gonna happen. It was too scary. And so I'm talking with God, and I hear in my spirit as clear as day, you name her, and I'll create her. So, and I think Julie spoke on this a while ago, but she said once you've got your promise, you're good. Because each time you're worried, you just cash in that promise. <laughs> so we, every test that we had after that, every single little thing that could have gone either way, all the things are just like, God, you said you're going to create her. I'm not going to yeah. worry, because... I have the promise. I know what you said to me. Yeah. So we'll just concentrate on naming her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> which he was kind of still involved in anyway. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, everything that, you know, even she was breech and had, you know, hip... Pro- they thought they might, she might need a brace, which lots of kids do. And um, even before that scan, we were like, you know, you created a Lord. and you don't do things by halves. You do things 100%. And, oh, yeah, and Brett said something on oh, yeah. this. Yeah.
2: You probably don't even know this, Brett, but so we okay. We're in the hospital. She's had a cesarean. Mum and Eve are asleep, and I'm sitting there, and panic hits me again. I'm like, seriously, like, aren't I, aren't I done with this? Like, we've been going, we've, we're here. The baby's born, and now I'm worrying about her health, like the possibilities of what could happen on Hill's recovery. And, it, and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. So I start reading a little bit, but as I pick up my phone, it's, um, and this is the other good thing about the prophetic. Just being aware that God uses so many different things to speak through. Um, I was at, it was 5.55 and my battery was at 55%. It was five fives. Just stood out to me. Had no idea what it meant. Messaged two guys who I trust, Justin and Brett. Chuck it up in the chat. Go, don't know what this means, guys. The number five keeps popping up. Have you got anything for me? Brett writes back almost instantly <laughs> saying, God doesn't do 50%. He goes, everything he does is 100%. I'm, it, it's bigger than that, but that's pretty much. And I said, he, I don't need to
1: add to that. Yeah, yeah exactly, so good, yeah, and that's
2: so true. <laughs> and so I just sit back. I'm like, there's another promise. Yeah. Just bank on that promise. Yeah. So with her hips, I'll briefly go into it. But yeah, it. she was upside down, so her legs like squished up around her head, which is okay. You know, they they can fix it all. It's okay. But we go get our scan roughly I can't, in, October. in October. Thank you. Um, and they say, oh look, she's going to need to go to the children's. There's likelihood oh, she's going to need a brace. So Sandy Hospital refers us on to the Children's ho- Hospital, five le- weeks later we go to the Children's Hospital and it's just the most blessed day you could yeah. ever believe. Things are lining up, doctors haven't booked us in for the right appointments but they're squeezing us in instantly and you know what hospitals everything run like. Everything done in two hours. Everything like done in two hours. Hard. The guy, <laughs> we, and, we, and we go in and the likelihood of needing a brace at least, some kind of thing and the doctor then sends us to the scan the person doing the scan says ah oh, they're perfect you'll never need to see us again we walk back to the doctor and she goes he shouldn't be telling you that because i've got to give you the diagnosis <laughs> she goes yeah he's right though we can we'll, <laughs> we'll discharge you now and so it's all those little things all the way down and it comes back to you know the promise of 100 percent. he doesn't do things in halves and he said he'd create her and he, he wasn't done
0: Mm. And it was just, yeah, she's... We can't resent the journey because we ended up with Eve. And, like, we wouldn't have had Eve. We would have had another child. No, No, another (laughs) child. But, like, you can't resent the journey because it got us to where we are. And, I mean, we'll never... I mean, I don't know, you learn so much from it that you think if something like this happens again, we're going to be stronger and we're going to be better and we're going to know where the Lord stands with it because I've been sick before and we yeah, learn yeah. in that sickness. I remember this was our um, lesson was that the Lord did not bring it on us and when we had this journey, we started with the Lord did not bring this on us And now we've kind of added to that and said that he grieves with us. You know, there's peace in the journey. There's not just peace at the end of the journey. There's peace in the middle. Mm, Full on.
1: So before Eve was born, can we just talk about Al's George? Can we just talk about that for a little bit? So that was, was that two weeks before? It was, yeah, about two, three weeks. So we're just, we're talking, the last six months we've really, we've hit health and we can't do... We can't teach on every element of health, the 30 things that are in there. It's just, this is going to be an ongoing thing. I feel like the Lord reminded me, we're doing huge landscaping, um, as you know, at our place at the moment, and there's, it's full on. And there's so many things to do, and it's expensive, and there's so many different trades, there's so, many, so much management, so much um, construction, so much planning, so much effort. And I felt like the Lord want to really encourage us as a church that we are in construction and it's okay the process is great it's not a six-month deal this is a this is a decade deal this is a a long-term deal for us as people it's becoming healthy and whole and and this it's we never want it to happen like lee and i were separated for 18 months completely different i can't say i know how you feel but we've all got our own stuff. We've all got our own pain, and we don't compare pain, and we don't go, well, they're speaking, and I've got a story too. It's like, of course you do. Um, we've all got a story. We've all got pain. We've all got junk. We've got stuff that we've got victory over, and we've still got stuff that we're right in the middle of. And actually, some of us have got stuff that's really fresh. And And I felt the Lord say to embrace the process of Him being present because we are under construction, and it's not a short-term thing. He's positioning us to be uh, this sustained, long-term um, Enjoy ya of him and um and influencer and we can encourage other people and and these guys walking through this i mean the, even before um april 2017 i mean the stuff that i mean you were said that this is cancer and this full-on stuff and even little stuff that we were at bethel you guys rang us when we were at bethel and you were vomit you had like some sort of stuff and we prayed and it immediately stopped and like it's been a journey like this is a journey it's not we just go through one bad thing and that's it forever like this is it's non-stop guys Like we talk about trials, it's it's one after another. But when we learn how to actually look up at him, and it can take time. Like it can take time. Pain's real, hurt's real, but so is hope. And, and, and I love watching this just now from out here looking at the journey, but just how gracious the Lord was with words and set-ups and preparing hearts and having him and dropping pictures and, and just collaborating this whole thing because he cares so much. Yeah. And then two weeks before um, Hills due, I mean, the whole pregnancy was two weeks <laughs> earlier and was full on, which we might get to. Um, yeah, Wild. But two weeks before that, share about George, because so this is, could be an hour on its own.
0: Elle gets a call. And it can't so be. It's about, no, it can't be. It's about two weeks before I give birth, which is about a month before I was due. And um, Al gets a call from his auntie who said, I've taken George, um, Al's dad, to Sandy because I turned up and he was... Sandy Hospital, sorry. I turned up and um, he was ill and he wasn't making any sense. So I've taken him to Sandringham Hospital and they shot him and, and Al's called me, oh, right, well, just let me know. I don't panic. I was like, just let me know whatever happens, you know. So I go back to work, Al goes back to work. And then we get a call later saying he's at the Alfred and he's in a ward. So that night we go and see him and he's not looking good at all. And apparently his, um, his liver shut down which has put a lot of stress on his kidney, which has started to shut down. He's bleeding out of everywhere. His vessels in his esophagus had burst. He was just bleeding out of, out of everywhere. He was bright yellow, um, and he was basically unconscious. We couldn't get his heart rate up. He, his heart was failing. He was just stopping. Um, and we thought, this really doesn't look good at all. And then we went home and had dinner, and we got a call saying they've moved him to the ICU um you know and it's not looking good so i was really really distraught L you were okay
3: <laughs>
2: yeah okay In, no, no, i wasn't okay externally i was probably okay but internally i wasn't um we went to the hospital the next day and there, um my, my poor auntie who lost her daughter many years ago was with us and she um she goes when we we're in the hospital she goes oh you don't want to go in one of those rooms because that's where they brief you telling you that they're going to die and um the head nurse or oh, sorry head doctor comes down and with like three other doctors and says oh can we meet and speak with you in that briefing room so I'm thinking about my poor auntie the dread that's going through her right now having lived this before anyway they tell us that he's just very ill and it's highly unlikely that he's going to survive and um, just all the issues that are going on with his body, it's like problem after problem. And as doctors do, they kind of go, the w- go for the worst one and try and fix that, then work their way down the list to the less, the, you know, what's more important. And that's how they work. Yeah, so this is, he's in for surgery to try and get the blood vessels sewn up and they're still bleeding and, yeah, it's a complete mess at this stage.
0: Yeah, so it's not looking great, obviously, and we go and sit at his bedside, and he's in the ICU, you know, where they have the nurse 24-7, and, you know, they're on a computer watching him, Um, and, you know, we go home, and I remember in my Bible time the, the day before... Um, I had written down 2 Corinthians 1, it's in chapter 1. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. And then verse 8, it was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt as if we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea, since he's the God who raises the dead. (laughs) Verse 10, and he did it. He rescued us from certain doom, and he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. And I remember I read that to Al in the car on the way, to the hospital and, um, you know, we were just grateful we hadn't received a call in the middle of the night to say he died. Um, So, we were driving in and I said, Al, I just want to be able to stand up in church and give his testimony Mm -hmm. that he survived. Um, Yeah, and I remember as well... um, overnight when we were just really struggling I put this song in and it was by Charity Gale. I don't know if anyone knows her but she does this bridge that says um victory has a name and it's Jesus victory has a name and it's Jesus and that in that moment I remember I saw the Lord just have his massive finger on George's chest in the ICU and the walls at the back just fell down and there were just angels, chariots all around him like, um, you know, like in the Bible where the chariots are just, the hills are filled yeah. with angels. And it was just from then on, I was like, you know, our, our family have lost calf, Elf's cousin. She was 27 the day we got, the week we got back from our honeymoon actually. And it was a reality to the Nonopolis family that George could pass away because they'd been there before. Um, but from then on, I just knew the Lord had said, "I've got him, and he's going to be okay." Yeah, full on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. And that. And the, and, he, and he was. I remember getting a text here, and um and we we're like and our message was saying it could go either way, and it's just like full on, and like we're we're in <laughs> we're in it together, yeah. and I and I like shut my door. I messaged Mitch, I'm not trying to be a jerk. The music's going to be really loud. <laughs> and, like, the, the offices are full <laughs> with our staff. And I said, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just need – and a and and few people are praying, and, and it was full on. And then we got to share after it. As we were talking about this, Lee and I went over and we started talking about this. And, and it's like victory, and we don't want to go through it, yeah. but we do. And, and the amazing thing is that he's so present, like these scriptures like we exalt in tribulations because it does something in us. It sounds sadistic, it sounds weird. Why would we exalt in a tribulation? But he, he sets us up and he's bigger than we think and better than we think. We can have joy in trials and it makes no sense. And there's times where we've got to put joy aside and mourn and grieve and go through that. It says in James, put joy down and grieve. Like that's real, and then and we're gonna. I want to just we're gonna have communion, and these guys are gonna release some stuff um, because they carry much um, in this area, and it doesn't have to be specific to to children, um, but it could be anything. You can you can put your hand up, your heart up, whatever. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have communion together, and we're gonna get these guys just to declare and release some stuff. Um, but yeah, and I mean even Eve being born, can we just celebrate that?
2: Is that amazing? Yeah, man. Yeah. Sweet. And, and just to finish off my dad's story, he basically, like, yeah, his yeah. liver just started recovering, so his kidney got better. They thought they needed he'd a liver transplant. Oh, yeah, the liver transplant was on the cards. And literally this week, he went for a checkup and they said, You're so good, don't come back for a year. So, so crazy. It, yeah, it's
1: full on. Can we get the communion handed out? That would be really great, guys. Um, and then your due date, was it the 6th, 16th, 6th of September? Yeah, like yep. Come on. I've, you know what I'm like. I don't remember numbers. Yeah. Um, but so two weeks, just as the communion is being handed out, I mean, yeah, everything, like you're feeling better. There's promises around it. And there's a due date. Yep. And then two weeks earlier, <laughs> you Eve comes along. She comes along. So just briefly, just as communion is being handed out, as we close it down, um, just talk through that, like that.
0: About her coming along? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you want me to go well, through that? Well, I mean,
1: not the details, just <laughs> that it wasn't a natural birth. Oh, okay, yes.
0: So, my water broke. Um, I was at a party and my water broke. And um, I drove home and called Al on the way and you were playing Xbox probably in your underwear <laughs> on the couch and I said oh my water broke and he goes oh okay well we'll go to the hospital so we went off to the hospital um, and they said oh yeah everything's okay we'll send you home to see if we can get natural contraction starting right so if I go home contraction starts and, you know, I know I've got to wait a certain... till they're a certain period of time apart and then I can go in. So, I sit there for two days on the couch having contractions. They're all over the shop. They're back to back. They're 20 minutes apart. Da, 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 da. Um, they're going forever. And so, then Monday morning, they tell me to come back in... ...if, you know, you haven't got your contract. So, Al's in bed... Sleeping, I'm like, oh, shush. Sleeping, I'm on the couch. Um, we go in and I say... I could
2: not sleep through what you, the sounds you were making.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Al. Thank you for that. Anyway, so I go in and as I walk in, I say, you there, you get that magic man with his potion and inject it into my <laughs> spine. I want that epidural. You better find him right now. So I go in... The magic A magic man. I go in and um, three and a half hours later this guy wanders (coughs) in. And I was like, where have you been? Come on. I've got my spine ready, let's go. So, um, El was laughing actually while he was eating my breakfast in the corner that there's this massive whiteboard in the birthing suite that has birth plan at the top, so you're meant to write your stuff on there. Mine has epidural in really big letters all the way across it. That was it, that was my birth plan, I wanted an epidural. Anyway, so um, it turns out that um, she's breech, which it would have been nice if they told me when my water broke. Um, but she's breached so there's no way she was coming out so she was trying to come out she couldn't so whipped me into C-section to surgery whipped her out and she's perfect she's just perfect yeah, yeah. so our story is not unique in the way that it's got trials in it everyone in this room has had trials. You might be in one right now. It could be anything. It could be a trial of identity. You know, where you're not feeling great. It could be, you know, you've lost someone. Your family's estranged. As I said before, your marriage is breaking up. Um, whatever it is, everyone goes through trials. The Bible talks about trials and tribulations. But the best thing is, we have a God who really cares about our trials and the things we go through because we know that this world is um you know it's a hard world sometimes and it's a hard life and so we wanted to get up here and talk about the trials we've gone through not because we're unique but because we're the same as you. You know we've all gone through stuff like this. Um, and to tell you that there is peace in the journey. There is peace, supernatural peace to be had in the journey. When you look at a worldly peace, worldly peace means there's no war, right? We've got peace, there's no fighting. A supernatural peace knows that there's going to be fighting, that there's going to be war, that there's going to be trials and tribulations in our lives. And supernatural peace comes in the midst of the trial and despite the trial. And that's why we have this beautiful, beautiful God who weeps on the back seat with you when you're going through that. He grieves with you. And supernatural peace is available to you. We ask lots and lots of questions through our trial that won't be answered. You know, we don't know why those things happen to us, but we know that we have a God who cares about our journey and where we are and the trials that we go through. So, right now, we just want to release, as you've got your communion in your hand, Lord, just release your supernatural peace. Into hearts right now, God. Holy Spirit, go from chair to chair. We know that you are an individual, God, that you care about us individually. supernatural peace in the midst of trial not at the end but in the midst of trial be released throughout this church through every church member as they go throughout our lives that we know to expect trial but we also know to expect that you are forever going to be with us as much as we can expect things that aren't so great to come our way we know father that you will always be with us our little Evie breakthrough, our little life breakthrough. But for those of you in this church who are waiting and praying and struggling towards breakthrough, just want you to put your hands out. Everyone just put their hands out. Holy Spirit, we just receive your breakthrough, Father. We receive your promise, Father over this week God you will speak to those who are waiting for their breakthrough and say yes and amen to them Lord God may that yes and amen echo throughout their lives Father we want to see chains broken God anything the enemy is stealing from us God we demand back Demand back tenfold, God. And You promise us that, that anything the enemy steals, that You will give back to us tenfold, God. The enemy will no longer steal from anyone at Echo Church. That we declare a breakthrough over each and every person in this room right now and not in this room right now, Father. God, we are open and ready to receive. Us just being here, God, we are ready to receive You. And we thank You, God, because thankfulness unlocks so many things in our lives. We just thank You, God, for our lives. We thank You for Your sacrifice, God, and our salvation, Father. We thank You for our family and our friends and our church and our our cars and our jobs and our skills and our identities, God. We thank You for it, Father. And we just declare breakthrough in this church. No more will the enemy steal from us. In Your heavenly Name we pray.